Chapter Twelve of From Different Standpoints by Pansy and Fay Huntington. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve from Eunice's Journal. We are living at high pressure during these days. The number of things which have been accomplished since I last wrote here, if any one were obliged to give them in detail, would fill a volume. In the first place, no, that is the second place well let me begin at the beginning and give the whole story this journal of mine is a wonderful comfort to me after all it takes the place of the innumerable letters i used to write to perry i wonder what he has done with my letters journals are more endurable than people they can't exasperate one with hateful words or sneers or tosses as mrs eleanor constantly does and they can't distract one with trying to run a dozen ideas at once as perry does the beginning was that perry worked and worked over that one idea until it really seemed to take such possession of him that he could think of nothing else he has hired and furnished a room and had an opening gathering in it and commenced an evening school now i'll go back and give it more slowly from the very beginning i had a great deal to do with the enterprise perry seemed to think as a matter of course that i was enlisted and the way he worked me showed his genius for commanding people at least meantime mrs eleanor worked him in a ceaseless fever to get him off to new york it was the very last place where he should have gone but she almost tormented the life out of him at least it seemed to me that she would mother harrison was in a perfect tremor of anxiety and at last she resolved on a bold move in which she took counsel of nobody though i know i get half the credit of it from mrs eleanor the very day that we had done the last things to the new hall it isn't a storeroom or lumber room any more preparatory to our opening i mean when i had done the last things for i was finally left to work alone perry explaining with a very flushed face that eleanor not understanding matters had made an engagement which it was imperatively necessary to keep i was very good-humoured said of course and that i could get along nicely didn't i understand that he poor victim couldn't help it i also understand that mrs eleanor is very anxious that we two should quarrel therefore i will not quarrel with perry no not if he does all the absurd things that there are left for him to do and he is in a fair way for it blessed are the peacemakers let mrs perry have the comfort of feeling that she is keeping the peace between us when i got ready i locked the hall and went over to mother harrison's she entreated me to stop to tea she didn't expect perry and his wife home until after tea and she was worried about his being out in the night air riding and needed my company so she said i wasn't hard to be entreated in fact i said to myself as i locked the door that if she wanted me i would stay and have tea we were sitting cosily over our cream toast when perry and his wife arrived he looking blue and cold she looking disgusted the mother and i flew around to make them comfortable i didn't expect you the mother said eleanor seemed to think that you would take tea with the wilbers i didn't dare mother perry answered and his voice sounded hollow 
the night is getting in so damp and foggy i felt that i ought to be at home then his wife gave that disagreeable little laugh of hers and said to his mother you ought to pat him on the back and say good boy he is improving so rapidly under your tuition i dare say he will be ready for a glass case soon what any of us would have answered to that heartless speech is more than i know had not a diversion occurred but in the meantime the doorbell had rung and there was a bustle in the hall and presently there walked in unannounced two gentlemen perry and his mother looked and exclaimed and sprang forward in greeting perry exclaiming oh romaine this is so good of you while at the same time his mother said dr mason this is more than i had dared to hope it transpired that the mother in her great anxiety over her son's condition had written to dr mason asking his advice about new york air which letter he had answered in person i am on my way to a medical convocation of importance he explained and i stopped over one train young man i'd like to see you alone for about fifteen minutes and have a talk with you this to perry it resulted in their almost immediate adjournment to his room mrs eleanor was asked to accompany them but declined on the plea that she was cold so she waited their return in haughty silence while the elder mrs harrison ordered fresh tea and toast and i tried to entertain mr romaine when the gentlemen returned dr mason addressed himself at once to perry's wife madame it is my misfortune to be obliged to step in very often and upset the happiness of families or their plans which in some instances amounts to their happiness now i have to tell you that you must keep your husband away from new york this spring the city is at its nastiest just at present not a desirable place for any one mud and rain alternating or rather mingling in delightful stickiness and mistiness he is not in a condition to travel nor in a condition to breathe city air with benefit if he could travel moreover he needs to avoid the salt air entirely mind i say entirely during this spring and summer it goes against me to forbid his coming in my vicinity i should like a dab at him and a chance for a fee but in justice to my conscience i shall be obliged to forego those pleasures if my advice were asked further i should say a quiet sojourn in a delightful country home like this with a chance to breathe pure air and with a day now and then of unmitigated sunshine and a green landscape about him was the place for him through the spring and at least the early summer now dear madame give me a cup of your tea and then i must be off again this last sentence addressed to the mother and so absorbed was he in that cup of tea that apparently he lost entirely the smoothly rounded sentences of the wife i am sure dr mason we ought to be very much obliged to you for flying down here and assisting at the burial of ourselves in this out-of-the-way place not only for the spring but the summer it was very thoughtful in mr harrison's mother to plan such a delightful surprise she really deserves a note of thanks the place is quiet enough certainly neither is there any lack of green things if that is important i haven't patience to tell you about the rest of that evening 
and besides i feel such a queer sense of mortification for perry when i think of it that i find i don't want to dwell on it but the question of new york is certainly settled and for the mother's sake i am glad no one ventures to dispute dr mason's orders we walked home in the fog mr romaine and i he talking about the new enterprise and apparently taking it for granted that i was enlisted in it body and soul it is a splendid thing he said not only for the physical and intellectual mr harrison will never be contented to stop with those it is grand to see such talents and such wealth as his consecrated isn't it what was i to say it is nice to see him occupied with something that interests and amuses him i said he has been wretchedly sick again and unless he has some hobby to ride his soul will eat up his body therefore i am helping but it is a wild idea all the same when it began it was reasonable enough it was to be a pleasant room to sit in and there was to be a place for refreshments on a cheap scale but this night school business and classes and all sorts of things i don't know about or rather i do know i think it is folly they are well enough off as regards their learning what is the use of their being educated what will they do with their education don't be stupid enough journal to suppose that i meant a word of this it savors too much of mrs eleanor's style for me to say it even if i thought it i don't mean to say it on all occasions but i felt just like getting up an argument with this man to hear him talk i might as well have tried to argue with the gate-post a place of refreshments he said what do you mean and he actually made me enter into details of that idea of mine and explain how this could be and that and finally declared that the idea was a good one and should be carried out at once in a certain place that he knew of whether we did it here or not perhaps he did not even hear what i had said about not believing in the other ideas at least he ignored it the first evening at the hall was funny some of it they came out wonderfully well the boys and girls and their fathers and mothers but perry had previously made the blunder of inviting the minister and the doctor and judge coleman and esquire fenton in to make some remarks he says he will be chary of remarks in the future they said the most idiotic things you wouldn't have supposed that one of them had a grain of sense mr watson in the pulpit is a sensible enough man but he knew no more how to talk to these people than if he had lived in a dictionary all his life and just stepped out that evening to look around i don't think there were ten words leaving out all the conjunctions and prepositions that were understood by those to whom his speech was addressed he tried to pat them all on the head metaphorically and succeeded at least they felt about as flat as though he had esquire fenton was pompous and patronizing to the last degree said my dear friends every two seconds and wanted them to try to realize what these self-sacrificing people had been doing for them and how the dear young brother had spent money as freely as water in their behalf and was willing to spend and be spent for them poor perry gnawed his mustache and wiped the perspiration from his forehead and looked despairingly at mr romaine 
who stood with folded arms leaning against a post for there really was not a vacant seat in the room though it is quite a large one as for me i laughed it was all so absurd gathering those men and women up there and talking to them as if they were third-rate pieces of putty because they worked in a factory esquire fenton got through at last which is a wonder for he is one of those who possess the gift of continuance to an alarming degree then mr romaine sprang up the steps of the little platform as though he was very eager to speak and i think he was dear me why can't men be more alike or more unlike or something why should this mechanic be superior to those cultured men of society superior not in words but in that rare and subtle and indescribable thing which we name tact his words were few and simple but spoken with such quiet earnestness and common senseness that he won the attention and the heart at once in the very midst of his talk or rather while one was fearing that he was going to finish the talk and begin a set speech he said now let's have a song together and instantly his rich full voice seemed to fill the room he sang a familiar hymn with a chorus that those to whom it was not familiar could catch at the second hearing and certainly they joined as if they were glad to do so then he prayed he has a way of praying as though he were sure that the lord heard every sentence and he succeeded in making me feel so too grand man perry said of him the next morning when we were talking the matter over and actually there were tears in his eyes he does get up such an enthusiasm for people what a wonderful way he has of winning hearts perry continued and then he propounded the same thought over which i have been whining i wonder what made such a difference between his talk and the talk of those others his wife explained it to her entire satisfaction he is one of them perry he comes from the sum himself and therefore can easily accommodate himself to their comprehensions i think that is simple enough now perry is rarely dignified to his wife he can answer me haughtily enough when he thinks i have said something very foolish in fact it reaches the realm of actual snubbing sometimes i rejoice in that word it is so expressive and he can in a gentle entirely dutiful but wonderfully effective way put down his mother when occasion requires but queen eleanor is allowed as a rule to think that every word of hers is well chosen at least so far as i can see and for aught i know he thinks so but that day she jarred his voice was calm enough but the tone was cold i was wondering rather eleanor how it was that his words suited me exactly the very inmost depths of my heart were stirred and the words of those other men did not move me there is no accounting for tastes mrs eleanor said in her most supercilious tone and perry answered in his very coldest ones i find that to be true as for me i had the strangest mixture of feeling during this little conjugal aside a wicked sense of satisfaction in seeing that perry had brains enough left to know when a friend to whom he was extending hospitality was insulted and a real pang at the thought that his idol was soiled before him poor perry 
well we have our school fairly under way not with a salaried teacher according to perry's first notion mr romaine scoffed at that where will you find him or her he asked teachers who are willing to accept payment are of course easily found but what you want in this enterprise is soul a heart bursting with a desire to do good in just this new and difficult line that is open such teachers there are doubtless who ought to be paid and who would do good work for pay but they have to be hunted for and sometimes the hunt takes long meantime here is the field white to harvest where are the laborers what shall we do then perry asked nervously he has thrown his whole soul into this enterprise and if it fails i am afraid it will break his heart i should advise classes mr romaine said somewhat after the industrial school style let miss taylor here take a class of boys and mrs harrison perhaps would take the older girls this with an inquiring glance at eleanor who answered in her haughtiest tones i prefer none i haven't been educated for a school-teacher and my talents do not lie in that direction i have nothing whatever to do with this enterprise you may count me out i will take a class of girls perry said quietly and mrs eleanor i think realized that she had overreached herself i'm sure it had not once before occurred to her husband that he could actually give personal attention to classes however he held to it and was obstinate when his mother ventured an argument on the plea of health and put me down sharply when i tried to second her his wife said absolutely nothing so we have our classes mine amazes me appalls me there are nine boys in it great rough uncouth fellows they don't know what to do with their hands or their feet and so they shuffle the one and make all sorts of uncouth disposals of the others what shall i teach them first the twenty-third psalm i asked mr romaine one evening when we were first organized and i shall have to own that i asked it with a supercilious air worthy of mrs eleanor herself and a wicked desire to make fun of the whole thing or appear to his answer was prompt and quiet by all means if you can do it through your life they are not quite ready for the verbal teaching yet i should first attempt a lesson on the art of keeping fingernails in order or something of that sort with those who need that kind of help i thought cleanliness was next to godliness i said conscious that i was being very silly and yet not seeing my way out into sense it is the very next he said and you have doubtless discovered that the next things sometimes have to be brought forward as though they were first things i think i shall make a queer teacher this is the way i began boys i said sitting down before them and every one of them was grinning that is just the word that expresses it and nudging each other's elbows and shuffling each other's feet if you had each five dollars to put in the savings bank and it would draw five per cent interest how much money would you have if you left it there fifty years they stared at me i think they had an idea that i was going to ask them if they would spell baker and knew the lord's prayer and would each like a card to keep with thou shalt not steal printed on it 
they looked as though they were in expectation of something of that sort then one of them dan baker by name answered me and if i am not mistaken in him the answer is an index of the boy what difference does it make how much it would be if you were to have the money after it had lain there multiplying itself for fifty years wouldn't it make a difference no danger of that he said shrugging his shoulders i don't see how you can be sure of any such thing you are not so old but you may live for fifty years and you certainly may be able to earn five dollars to put on interest what is interest anyhow joe stoner asked i mean how can people afford to pay interest on money they all regarded me curiously evidently interested in the question and i then and there explained to them to the best of my ability the laws of borrowing and lending in money matters my ability in that line at least is not remarkable and i floundered once and called on perry to help he explained briefly but very clearly and with an air of surprise over the turn that affairs had taken in my class and then went back to his work setting me down i dare say as a very strange teacher but the boys acted as though they might have begun to have a dawning feeling of respect for me i fancy they thought i considered myself very wise and were rather gratified to see that i was not above an appeal to parry i set every one of them to work calculating the sum that five dollars would earn in fifty years at five per cent compound interest of course they knew nothing about the laws of computation but i waited to see what the law of common sense would do not one of them reached the right solution save dan baker and his somewhat sullen face flushed rosy red over the information that he was correct the amount of the sum seemed to amaze them all and whatever is or is not developed by our evening school in my opinion savings bank accounts will be startlingly on the increase although my class and i had a good time we were as unsystematic and rambling as possible but next time we are going to do better we are to select and read any article of interest that we find in the papers i am anxious to see the selections i am curious over perry's class he was eager and absorbed and they were very attentive but he volunteered no information concerning them and went home with a grave preoccupied face End of chapter twelve